0: Hi, you're listening to episode 51 of the Reading Cove Book Club's podcast. If you're a book lover who might be interested in joining our online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com. For February 2015, we're discussing All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr.
1: So hi, I am Millennia in Florida. And I'm Roberta in
0: Georgia. And Roberta and I are two members of the Reading Cove Book Club. And today we are chatting about... All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. It is our group's 171st pick and it was chosen by cove member Lori up in New England. So this book has an interesting writing style. What did you think of it?
1: Well I I liked it. I I can deal with um, things changing between two different characters as long as it's well marked that that's what you're doing. Right. The only thing that also some other Cove members had kind of complained about was I probably would have given the book an A, a- instead of the B plus because I also had a little bit of trouble where for some reason all of a sudden the book went forward several years from ni- 1941 to 1944 towards 44. Right. Right. I thought at first maybe this is their way of having some foreshadowing or something, but I didn't really see that as the um, the reason for having that. I'm sure the author had something in mind, and it's too bad we can't have him on this podcast <laughs> as we did with the author uh, on our podcast last time. Right. But I I would be curious. Maybe I can go do some more research and see why he did that. But, but, I mean, that was still okay, but it sort of threw me off a little bit. I just didn't understand why he suddenly went forward like three years with just a real short little uh, piece of what was ahead for me
0: he did that back and forth throughout the entire book right so
1: the most part but yeah yeah
0: for the most part it was back and forth it was several chapters um of backstory from 1934 or whatever and that was catching you up to when he would flash forward to 1944 right so when um marie and Werner are older and so you're curious to find out okay how did they get to where they are in 1944 he would flash back then he flashes forward a few chapters back a few chapters forward and then the chapters that were forward in 1944 were much shorter so he was spending a lot more time um in the backstory right and then so once you get used to that um it it kind of felt like well it was his style it it didn't seem like he was doing it using it as a technique for foreshadowing and i think once you saw that then you could enjoy the book a little bit more to me it was definitely a pace killer i would say because when you flashed forward to 1944 and werner is you know a soldier in the German army and Marie is 16 years old and you're wondering oh gosh she's alone in the house you know why is she alone and what happened to her father and what what's what's when when this guy shows up you're like uh-oh so you're you know there's though there are those mysteries but somehow the the pacing that should have been moving along because the chapters are so short and when I first started reading it I thought okay these chapters are really short so that that hints at Quicker pacing, but then when you flash back the flashbacks, it just kills the pacing cold. It just stops it cold, and so it kind of neutralized the whole short chapter style. Right? Does that make
1: sense? Yes, yes. I mean, I, I you know I appreciate yeah your your look at it. But I said just the too much of this flashing back and forth, as you said, it kind of made what would have been uh, an even better book you know, a little bit trickier to deal with, but uh, I don't see if you necessarily have to go in chronological order, but... No, you don't. I just didn't like this 1944 thing and then 1941, I've would have done better with the traditional, a little bit more of the chronological thing, ship between the two main mm-hmm. characters, but just don't tell us what's happening ahead. Let us just, you know, see how this all develops. Because it was, it was still very suspenseful, even if the things went along in chronological order. You just didn't know what going to happen. I mean, there's been so many books written about World War II, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a different feel to... Um, view it from these characters that were were different from the usual people you'd read about in World War II books right right and I do think
0: that it had a texture to it when I first like the first hundred pages or so I was like wanting to savor savor it and I think that's why because it's written in a very elegant way I thought and it It has a texture to it and it creates a a really interesting atmosphere. Having said that, all the horrors, the horrific things that are happening. I remember reading, you know, there's like explosions happening and bullets flying everywhere. And there's there's that scene where the Russians come in and they rape um, Werner's sister. I forget her name now.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And um, the girl she's with and, and their caretaker. And it's all like... There's no weight to it. It's 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 like to me the style is like very fairy tale like. Did you did you sense that? It's sort of like the way he tells the story. It's it's like all these terrible things are happening, but you're not feeling the gravity of it. It's it's more of a fairy tale.
1: I don't know if I use that exact word, but yeah, more of an ethereal feel. Exactly, exactly. Not not down and gritty, gritty and graphic. It's not
0: weighted, and it's not that it needed to be graphic, but right. it's just. You know, I think some people's um, inability to connect to the story was because it could come across as choppy. The prose, but I feel like it's style. it's That's his style of storytelling. And right. I could hear his voice. Like once you pick up the author's voice. And the other thing I really think with this book is you have to give it patience. You can't be diving into it, looking to flip through it quickly to get on to your next book. It's right. definitely not that kind of, of a story you really do have to give it attention and focus and have patience really to appreciate it, what it has to offer. And I think the author's style is is that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, even with this, the short, very short chapters, this is not James Patterson's short No, <laughs> absolutely not. This, this is a, a more serious, um, pro- thought-provoking short chapters. Yeah, and I wouldn't
0: even, I don't know, maybe serious, I, I would say it's... A higher quality. Right, it's right. It's like you, you can't really compare the two because it's like comparing middle school level books to much more advanced reading.
1: Right. like something required in, in college.
0: Or not even, just a higher level of intelligence. Just a, yeah, higher. Yeah, that you couldn't expect a middle school capacity to appreciate because the, right. they just don't have the intellectual capacity. I think it's, it's a, a very high quality writing, but where it lost me... And I still, you know, I can't say I didn't enjoy it. I can't say I regret reading it because I did feel the atmosphere. It did make me feel, it did evoke a certain awe in in some of the writing, especially in the beginning chapters. And But where it lost me was in the middle, where it just seems like nothing really happened. And it was just um, you there with the characters, with, with Marie and... What's going on around them, but it wasn't really nothing was really happening.
1: Yeah, it was. I think it's more building a, like you said, a sense of atmosphere, mm-hmm. perhaps, and and uh, background to the the characters and those that were around them. Yeah. So it wasn't, I, I remember reading uh, a review of a, a book recently and um, that they were saying, well, and this author's novels, nothing really happens, right. but that's not what she's going for. She's going for more evoking different, Type of, of uh, relationships and different dynamics and different quirky sort of th- people. So not every book you read is going to be like, uh, have a lot of action, but at the same time, it needs to build some sort of thing either. Right. It needs to hold your
0: interest. So I guess the people who really loved this book, because there are so many people who really love it and it's, you know, a raging New York Times bestseller and everything. And I can, I can see why, because the writing is very elegant and very high quality and you have these two people um, that you meet as children, like someone in the cove said, it's, it's so interesting to see how they're caught up in this war. And from two different vantage points, you have Werner, who's German, and Marie, who's French. And what happens? And, it you know, it doesn't set them up to cross paths, but when they do... It's so brief. And I kind of got that. It's like, I didn't need a great love story. Like I was, you know, watching some um, reviews on YouTube and people are complaining that, oh, that that was such a disappointment. And I was like, well, you know, it wasn't supposed to be that. Right. I I didn't have that expectation. And I, and I understand that it was just, okay, these two people's paths crossed during this time. That's all it was. You know, it, it wasn't meant to be more than that.
1: Right, I said. Well, yeah the, the the tone of the book you didn't expect happily ever after. If no, know. Uh, absolutely. It, you, not. Could, you could tell from the beginning <laughs> <laughs> in that way because that just wasn't the overall tone of the book. And it, in a way, it just sort of showed how people from two totally different backgrounds, you know, mm-hmm. different sides of the war, and, and how they could have similar things going on and things connected with them, that is one of our questions, discussion questions, the radio played a big part too, because if it hadn't been for the radio, they probably never would have crossed paths.
0: Right. And that, I think, in the beginning, the descriptions of that, the descriptions of Werner and his sister hearing this voice, this Frenchman on the radio... I thought that all that was the atmosphere created was so beautiful. You could picture them in this time. And it's like, wow, it's like a lifeline because it's connecting them to all the light they cannot see. Right. You know, and then with Marie and her father and how he built her this city, she gradually, you know, when we first meet her, she can see, but she's losing her eyesight, I think. Right. And then. You know, she gets these cataracts and then she goes completely blind and he's building her. He's teaching her at first. Oh, yeah. This really drew me in in the beginning when she is afraid, you know, she's terrified to go learn the city. And he kind of forces her father kind of forces her to get over that and, you know, come out and learn the city so you can not be completely handicapped. You can help yourself. You can use your other senses to see. And I thought that was, you know, really compelling in the in the beginning and the descriptions of it and the the model city that he built her and how she grew and, you know, overcame that disability the best she could. Right. Um, so the, all that really impressed me in the beginning. And I just feel like it could have offered more with the stylist the style of his writing and the back and forth if he if it had been used um, to create more tension, to create more mystery about, oh, you know, you, you got to read on to find out how this happened or how that happened. But there there really wasn't much there. I mean, Werner in, in the 1944 sections, you know, he's deaf in one ear. Right. And it's just like, OK, so there's just a little intrigue to find out, OK, is he how are he and Marie going to cross paths? Because, you know, the, the Frenchman he was listening to was her grandfather. So, But there was really no MacGuffin or something. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So that, you know, I, I can understand why a lot of people you know, said they, they can't connect, they can't get into it, or they just didn't enjoy it because, yeah, it, it, it really wasn't trying to accomplish the traditional novel format.
1: Yeah, like you said, he had his own different voice and style. Mm-hmm. So, and, and sometimes you need something different like that because you can, so many books are written about the World War II and or the Holocaust that you almost want something different because you've read so many that you sort of know what to expect, even if it's told from one person's point of view or one family's point of view so this really made you look at things differently and, and I said all these characters had you know something to deal with they weren't like the quote normal kids that mm-hmm. there was a lot of
0: boring parts for me too that were skimmable I skimmed like with Werner and the radio not when he was in the training because oh my gosh what happened to Friedrich was just oh terrible
1: no.
0: We have to talk about that. But when he, you know, later, when, you know, it's all about the radio and he's trying to sniff out all the people who are transmitting and, it got
1: a bit technical. I think maybe the author was just trying to make it more authentic and, right. and just so show that, uh, how unusual Werner's sudden obsession, seemingly uh natural talent to be able to figure out these radios, uh, just like that. One of the early ones he uh, had repaired that two other people, two other adults had tried to fix it and they couldn't. Right. So it's just like, if you were just barely big enough to hold a gun and, You know, had half a lick of sense, they'd send you off to the front. Well, it was his, it was that man who
0: did that to him. Right, right. The one who had, they'd sent him away. And then it was like, why did he insist that they, you know, age Werner and send him to the front? You know, it it seemed like because Werner had asked to go home and then he took away his privileges. It's like he thought he was, you know, getting too big of a head or something. I don't know. But he punished him for that. And then he, you know, has them age him so that they can send him into harm's way. And then Friedrich... Yeah, that was that was bad. It was, <laughs> it was
1: bad. It was. I mean, that uh, even nowadays, you have somebody like that, it would be like people would tend to bully him. But at the same time, he was just trying to stand up for what he felt was right. I admired him for just uh, when they wanted him to throw the water on that mm-hmm. other prisoner. He said, I-, I won't. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think it was because he was the weak one in the herd. It's like, right. you know, he couldn't see. He couldn't see well.
1: Right. And um
0: they picked on him as a result and he you know he was a gentle soul, he loved birds. Um and they just picked on him. He wasn't he he wasn't the personality for the place and time he was in.
1: Right. Well, he just wasn't soldier material. No,
0: absolutely not, especially not German soldier.
1: No. <laughs> I was about ready to cry at the end when they were um you know found that that page and showed it to him. It seemed like for just a brief moment he was a little bit more you know. Something he
0: could, registered.
1: Yeah, something registered. Yeah. He could remember things from his past. Yeah. That's before. everything was sad. He was just kind of sitting there draw, drawing those spirals all day long. Mm-hmm.
0: And his mom took care of him all those years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His is a sad end. And I think Werner's end was sad. I, yeah. I wish he hadn't died. I mean, <laughs> stepping I on a landmine like that is like, okay. But, you know, it happens. Right. right. Um. I think he could have gone on to become, you know, someone great, just like Marie. Right. It's amazing what she's able to accomplish, you know, in, in her, um, yeah. um, I think she became a, a, a PhD.
1: Right, right.
0: In marine biology or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, she she was, well, you could tell even when she was uh, younger, even though she was blind, she she wasn't handicapped in other ways. She was, you know, very intelligent and very mm-hmm. brave, very mm-hmm. brave. Yeah. so it was good that she survived because she went on to you know live a long life and do great things but yeah you almost think with Werner since he was so good with the technology then if he had lived he could have been one of these people that helped work on uh, the internet and develop things like that he could have been one of the innovators
0: yeah I think he would have been a great um, electrician or engineer of some yeah. kind but yeah so it was it was pretty sad and then when this his stuff turns up, 30 years later, it's like, where was it?
1: <laughs> I know. I know, right? Where was his stuff all that time? Things do get hidden. When I, I was um, at the gym earlier on the, my little elliptical, mm-hmm. they had this uh, program from the History Channel about author Brad Meltzer. Mm-hmm. And this is a thing talking about lost things, you know, that mm-hmm. that sometimes they find, sometimes they don't. Things that are historically uh, important and they get lost. And on this thing, he was... Um, looking for things from the Titanic this one violinist who had he had a really special violin and they could never find it and they kept thinking well it sunk to the bottom but not too long ago it was found in someone's attic. Wow. Here at the end of this and when I was seeing this smart I thought oh that's just like all this stuff of Warners, you know exactly it just, it just shows up out of nowhere and so that was just really
0: weird. Yeah so that was good though and it brought back a lot of memories for his sister. Right. I, I don't regret the read, and I enjoyed part of the beginning of it more than the rest. I feel like you could have read the first hundred pages and the last hundred, and you didn't really miss much. I, I'm torn on it. I really am. Yeah. But overall, I would say, would I read something else by Anthony Doerr? I I can't say I would rush to, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, I think his writing is, you know, like if this book won a Pulitzer, I wouldn't be upset. Yeah, I think overall I, I... Really liked the um, the quality of his writing and his voice. I think he he knows how he wants to tell his story.
1: And you could believe that he could see like both the uh, the little girl's character and the boy's character. And sometimes it's it's hard. I mean, popular writers sometimes they don't. They're a uh, man. They don't do that well creating believable females. Some of them. Right. are...
0: Yeah, and I liked the, how he created Marie. Even though, for the most part, I I was more intrigued with Werner. Her chapters were, yeah, they they. I wasn't all that engaged. I did love towards the end her, the relationship with her uncle. Right, that right. I liked, and I admired her independence because you know when she was hiding in that house and then you know trying to decide what she should do, um, that independence is there, and those early years of her father you know giving her those puzzles to figure out for her birthday and everything mm-hmm. and trying to you know develop her intellectual capacity which served her very
1: well oh yeah you know later in life she she knew what sort of what to do or how to think of- exactly
0: and how to be independent
1: and how yeah, to be yeah. ambitious I mean, because all of a sudden she realized she was this there by herself. No one was going to save her. Exactly. Because, you know, her, her uncle was gone. Mm-hmm. Her father's long gone. Mm-hmm. That this uncle who had been, and you couldn't blame him, that he'd been like this agoraphobic for ever since he came back from the First World War. And mm-hmm. I can understand that. Here he'd been stuck in the house and just really nervous about stuff but then when something you know he was afraid something was happening to her and Madame Manek I think you say mm-hmm. it she had died so he he knew he had to go do something he couldn't just stay in the house you know, he, he was all she had because of her he was a- able to c- overcome this really you know serious mental illness so yeah and I
0: think that her being in the house Uh prepped him for that. Right. Her coming into his life and kind of coaxing him out of the room because he never came out of the room. Right. You know, the the housekeeper would just bring him his food up there and everything and he never left it. So with Marie coming into the house, um, I think she primed him to make that step out the front door when she didn't come back, you know, and he was worried, like, where is she?
1: And he was helped by her her courage because he sure couldn't have gone to the bakery and gotten those loaves of bread.
0: No, and he later said, you know, I should have been the one doing this.
1: Right. Not sending you. Not sending this young girl, this Mm -hmm. blind young girl. Blind, exactly. But she she was brave, you know, she she just felt like, well, she needed to do this. And she she said
0: that, too. I forget who she was talking to. Or if it was just internal dialogue where she was saying, you know, everybody calls me brave. I go blind and they call me brave. You know, my father disappears. They say I'm brave. This happens. They say I'm brave. But
1: no, I just have to... (laughs) It just happens, and you have to keep living. You, you never know exactly what happened to her father, but you figure these diseases that were prevalent when there were so many people there in bad condition. So well, that's what's implied, because it yeah. says that he got influenza,
0: and right. then that's, all, that's the last that they can trace so. They
1: trace. so, yeah, you figure he probably died from that. So. Yeah, it
0: seems like that was what kind of got hold of Werner before right. he stepped on the mine. He was sick and couldn't keep food down. and Yeah. And then um, we can wrap up by talking about the sea of flames what did you think
1: of that <laughs> you know that seemed to be what so many of the people were looking for and it was it was strange that there were a lot of fake sea of flames mm-hmm. for them to be able to uh, protect it so you think that it's maybe in the uh, little building that marie's dad made for her, but you're really you're not 100 percent sure
0: i take from the narrative that he did have the real one. Yeah, I mean, well, why else, you know, would there be such focus on it?
1: Right. You know, and I, I'm, I'm guessing he In had prob- the real was, one. But- well, and that's what you want to think. You think that's like the poetic justice and you just wonder because all these things happen. But I think most of the bad things happen just because it was the war and that's life because of how they said it was cursed.
0: And that's what I think helped support what I perceived as this fairy tale quality to the writing. Yep. It's like this this um, legend of this jewel that, you know, the, it's cursed and whoever has it will live forever, but everyone around you will die. Right, and you know this this whole seemingly fairy tale type thing, well, yeah, is I mean, going it's, on through the narrative,
1: was, yeah, but I mean things do build up, you know legends and myths. Mm-hmm. It was sad to me that the um von Rumpel that here he is dying, yeah, and chasing this thing, and like, all, what are you and, gonna do with it? <laughs> what are you gonna do with it this you know, maybe he has it in his head that if he can get hold of this thing, he'll suddenly be well, you know cause <laughs> he's forever. so maybe. He, but that was sort of like magical thinking on his part because that's not going to happen. He, you know, he's got a really bad thing going on. Even if it were nowadays, I don't know that he could have been cured of Didn't this. did he
0: have like, it, I thought he had like stage four cancer or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. His treatment of the two guys
0: in the museum when they were, you know, searching for it. And he threatened their families. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like him at all. I didn't sympathize with his illness. I I just kind of felt like his chapters were a waste. It was like, yeah, we could just
1: edit him out. Someone had to be the villain of this this legend of the the Sea of Flame, you know, (laughs) happened a little bit uh, differently. So, but I said, yeah, he was definitely the villain, whether he was a German soldier or not.
0: His part of the story amounted to nothing. It didn't go anywhere pointless except for the, for the sake of itself, so to speak. Right. It, but in the scheme of the story, you know, yeah, like you said, it would be great if we had the author on, because right. we could ask him like, well, yes, what so was, was the, the point question? of that there?
1: What did you think about this, what did you do that? Yeah, so maybe we need to uh, send him an email saying, our book group read. Your book. <laughs> we have <laughs> some questions. Number. We just have <laughs> a few questions here. I don't know <laughs> if you can answer or not, because I'm sure he's like on lots of you know talk things and Book tours and everything else, yeah, and Since, once your
0: book becomes as popular as his is, he's bombarded by mail, so
1: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. they
0: become less and less accessible
1: you know the, it wasn't the perfect book, but I really enjoyed reading it, just had as you said, a different feeling, a different tone to it told from completely different points of view than what you usually see that I really um, could relate to it and and feel the some of the emotion. To it, and and it was to me um, a story of courage about people that were in just horrible circumstances that had disabilities or disadvantages, but they were able to uh, rise above that and help you know those around them. Uh huh. And I will characterize
0: it with um, taking a quote from. Marie in 1974, I think, after it flashed forward 30 years or so, 29 years. Mm -hmm. And she is characterizing Werner in a way that I think completely characterizes my experience of this book. So it's on page 515 and it says, he made such a faint presence. It was like being in the room with a feather. So As you said, if ethereal probably is a better word than fairy tale, but it's light texture and light nature to this this whole story, which is a contrast of the horrific times that it's set in and the things that were were going on. And so I think the author managed to cast it in a different light in that sense quite successfully, but I, I feel like it was it didn't really come together. I really appreciated the beginning and the texture of it and the author's voice. But at the end of the day, the execution, I think, is what kind of lost me along the way. But I did still appreciate it.
1: That sounds good. I like that quote. Yes. Okay.
0: So that's our discussion of All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. And thank you listeners for tuning in. As always, just leave us your comments below if you read this or if you agree or disagree with what we've shared. And stay tuned for our Next episode, we'll be discussing Angel Fall by Susan E., which I think is a significant departure <laughs> from All the Light We Cannot See. So, see you next time. Bye. Bye.